With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Tennis Director, Australia's favourite online tennis store with fast delivery and great prices. Free delivery on orders over $150. Just visit their website, tennisdirect.com.au and you can get a 10% discount store-wide. Just use the promo code FIRSTSERVE10. That's FIRSTSERVE10. Welcome to Crunching the Numbers, the first serves in-depth look at the art and science of playing the game. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Crunching the Numbers. I'm Mark Sapoulos from the Tennis Menu. And we are joined, as always, by the man who is the count. He counts sheep in his sleep. He does all the numbers. He adds everything up. Shane Leonard from Data Driven Sports Analytics. You are the genius behind this show. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Thanks, Mark. I uh, yeah, you've um, gone back to an old, older introduction, right? <laughs> I thought you were talking something new. Dude, dude, tennis coaches just recycle their information, as you well know, and. <laughs> If you can hear another voice in the background, it's because today we have a very special guest and it's someone who um, I have had the pleasure of coaching for over the last probably 18, 19 months, whatever it's been. Shane, you've been a part of in terms of the team. It's Catherine Westbury, WTA player. Catherine, thank you so much for joining us from your hub, your quarantine area. (laughs) Thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us today. Thank you for having me over, guys. Well from hotel quarantine, so this should be interesting. <laughs> I know you've uh, got nothing to do, so I thought we'd fill in your day with a little bit of <laughs> podcasting and, and get you on. But the reason we've got you on, you're actually our last guest and, and probably part of our last show for 2020, and we wanted to talk a little bit about what 2020 was actually like for a professional athlete who obviously COVID has really shaken the world up and, and it's shaken the tennis mm-hmm. world in particular. Um, mm-hmm. And I know you're, you know, you're, you're originally from New Zealand. You've been in mm-hmm. Melbourne for the last several years training with, you know, and, and coaching and so forth. Your journey is a little different. So just to paint the picture for the listeners out there. So Catherine was a former top 500 player in the world, played Davis, uh, sorry, Fed Cup for New Zealand, peak of her powers at the age of 2021, 20, um, got an ACL injury, which basically put her career on hold. Five years later, decided she wanted to come back and play. And here you are today, uh, one year into you come back as a pro athlete. Firstly, let's go back to that. How does it feel to come back after so long uh, being out of the game? Uh, well, it's it's an, it's quite a um, special feeling, I think. I uh, can't really describe it, but it, it took a bit of time to get to this point. Um, like it took uh, quite a bit of time to actually feel that I'm quite committed to coming back here and on this journey and actually giving it 100%. It was I, I think I the, the love for tennis never went away, but it was 
I think in a different kind of way for a couple of years, you know, coaching and, and just stepping outside of the game and stuff. And, um, and then I started playing a few local tournaments, money tournaments, and then realized that, okay, I still really miss, I really love competing. I still miss it. And, you know, that sparked the start of, of that, um, that comeback, but it's, it's, um, it's been a special journey so far. What did you think you learned in that sort of time, time away from tennis or time away from competitive tennis at that level? Mm -hmm. What did you think you, Mm -hmm. you learned? Well, I think um, I really learned that there is a life outside of tennis as well. And there is something coming after, you know, you finish your, you finish up your career. There is a whole life ahead of you and there is the social life, there's a family. There's just like the, I was able to have a lot of uh, quality time with a lot of different people, family, friends that I never had before and able to sort of, I guess, fill myself on all the lost times during the first time I was playing. Yeah, so that part as well as... Um, I don't know, just seeing the game in a totally different way now because of um, having stopped playing, having done things differently, having like started coaching, you know, doing my coaching course and stuff. So coming back, it's it's different. Yeah. It's obviously it was a, a challenge for you um, over that time. And, and you, you said you found that love again to play, mm-hmm. which is great. So, you know, when you when you first decided that this was going to be your comeback, you know it's not just about picking up the racket and playing a tournament. It's, mm-hmm. It was the first couple of weeks like getting back into it. Well, it was not an overnight feeling. Actually, it took me quite a bit of time. It took me uh, a good couple of, I'd say, a month or two, or even more to really transition. Like it it started slowly. So the first couple of weeks, I started to get back to watching tennis matches again, you know, and then started to get um, updated with the players who are who are my age, who are still competing and just started to um, put myself out there again. And then, you know, see, okay, they're still playing. Uh, this is still going on. Da, 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 da. But it was, it took a bit of time. And then, you know, I had to go on court, I had to play some more matches I had to just really get myself into that that process again it really was not like okay that's it I'm coming back not at all let's look at now um you you're back on the tour obviously we we got to to the start of this year and this year was going to be our first year back playing um your first two tournaments you know you you went to New Zealand um and mm-hmm. you played Mildura and you hadn't played for five years now to mm-hmm. paint the you qualified for, for both events and ended up making semis of New Zealand as well as semis of doubles, and you made quarters of Mildura. Um, mm-hmm. Now, talk us through those emotions and those feelings when you probably was, were doubting whether or not, you know, you were capable of playing the level. And in your first two mm-hmm. events back, you, you actually were pretty successful. Yeah, I think um, a lot of it was because I went in there with no expectations at all. And I was just, it was just amazing to just be back there competing again. And what was really special was starting the first tournament in Hamilton. That was where I first got my um, WTA point like 10 years ago. So that was a special place to start. And then it was just being back competing and no expectations. And then went out there and played such free tennis. And, you know, that was, yeah, that was very memorable for me. And same with Mujura. I was having, I was going through a knee injury at that time. So I didn't even enter that tournament. So I didn't even expect to get in and play that, let alone, you know, win those couple of matches. The two tournaments were a very nice surprise indeed. Uh, you mentioned sort of your first uh, WGA points in Hamilton. Um, and I remember mm-hmm. one of the first conversations we had um, was around, you know, at some point in the year, it'd be great to sort of get that first WTA points. You, you achieved mm-hmm. that. I think within your second tournament, you, you, ha- you had a WTA point already and got a ranking. 
Um, how did you feel and um, when, when that happened? That was, I think that was just uh, uh, really, again, I keep using the word special, but um, really unexpected as well, because you needed obviously either to play three tournaments and get a point from each tournament to be ranked or 10 points in, I think, one go or two go, I'm not sure. And like, obviously got a couple from New Zealand and then a couple from Nigeria. And then it was on a touch and go whether I was going to be ranked or not. And then COVID hit. So it was like a very touch and go and then realizing that I was ranked after two tournaments was um it was like winning a mini mini um jackpot I think <laughs> um and then yeah the, the funny story behind that is we, we were all diving into the WTA rule book reading it I know. again just gone I yeah, think it's yeah. happened but we just need to double yeah. check yeah yeah over and over <laughs> that's right exactly. mm-hmm. And look, obviously it was a special moment to know that you you got your uh, your first WTA points after the five year layoff, and mm-hmm. um, it was a pretty special moment for us as a team. Um, but then obviously COVID hit. Now, mm-hmm. as you said, you actually had a bit of a knee injury going to Mildura, and what we actually found out was that you torn a meniscus, and we ended up uh, having to wait our yeah. time to be able to go and have surgery um, because mm-hmm. all of the elective surgeries were shut down. Um, mm-hmm. You then had. Uh, meniscus surgery um you came out of that surgery for a couple of weeks you started to rehab and melbourne went into a total lockdown but oh my god yeah it was a few days before that about a week before that um i got on a phone call with you which was quite interesting and i said Catherine, get the hell out of here and you said what i said get out of mm-hmm. here before the end of the week and this was on the monday mm-hmm. By the Saturday, mm-hmm. you're on a flight to Paris and, uh, <laughs> and uh, France, and yeah. and yeah, uh, yeah. we set up we set up a training block in France for you. And you've mm-hmm. spent the whole basically the whole year since that moment in March or April, whenever it was, mm-hmm. in in France training, and then also playing through uh, in Tunisia and spending mm-hmm. the time over in Europe. So, can you talk us through that time? Obviously, coming back from surgery, training over in France, and then. How that felt uh, to get away from obviously being in a total lockdown here in Melbourne? Oh gosh, um, that was quite a that was quite a, some good timing indeed. Um, like obviously from the very start, waiting for that knee surgery was that was a headache itself because of elective um, surgery just got shut down. So obviously I needed that surgery to get back on track with this comeback, but then it was delayed, and then you know physiotherapy was. Um, pause for a little bit as well so everything was very difficult with that part and then finally I think I had to wait for a month or a month and a half or something it was actually looking to be um that I could be getting surgery towards the end of the year you know at first at first that was what I was hearing and that was a massive panic um that the whole year could half of the year could be wasted but it all ended up working out quite well and just waited for I think a month and a half or a month and then had that done and then had the rehab and then yeah COVID was getting really bad and really restricted um and then yes that's right um we had that chat and then made the decision to go to Europe like very spontaneously but it was one of the best decisions I could have made this year definitely because I think if I stayed on throughout um stayed in Melbourne throughout I think that fire to to come back and to keep continuing this this journey would have been dampened quite significantly um not much that um I could have done here and you know time isn't waiting for me at all you know I'm not at I'm not 20 21 anymore so that was the best decision made um for sure and yeah I did my whole um rehab and stuff the the starting of the block in France and then 
started my tournaments in Tunisia and that was very difficult because um, obviously I've been away from home for a, a bit of uh, quite a while and no coach, no plans, nothing there, sort of just got to go out there and just play. And then it was it was very difficult after knee surgery and the coming back from lockdown. Yeah, got through it, I guess. You actually had some time at Muratoglu's Academy. Did you want to talk yeah. to me a bit about, about that time? Yeah, um, that was a very um, eye-opening experience as well. Um, obviously, they're one of the best academy in, in, in the world. Um, and, you know, to be there and to see, to constantly be surrounded by top players and you know, in the gym, on the court, like on the courts, um, in the cafeteria, and stuff. So it really raises your uh, your level quite a bit, and you know, your, it motivates you as well, but also puts a bit of pressure um, on you because you know, obviously, you're training at one of the best academy in the world. You've got to bring you know your A game and and stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, I had um I had the opportunity to train a little bit with um couple of the top girls so that was a very great opportunity for me just to see what it's like to you know how they're hitting their ball speed and you know how they present themselves on court and stuff and in the gym you know off court everything so it's a great learning experience for sure well you mentioned top girls you did train alongside and around serena williams you had at the stage mm-hmm. of pavlenchenko but you were working mm-hmm. very close with so some of those girls are actually players that you know, at the top of the game, and it was obviously grand slams. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And and look, I think mm-hmm. the biggest thing that we talk about on this show, we talk a lot about how how planning goes ahead from a data analyst to a coach and, and so forth. And 2020 for us was planned to become basically a a year where we just got back into it. We got our physical side right, we got our game right, we got our mentality right, um, and that was basically our plan. And and obviously leading into 2021 is where we wanted to make sure that it was tournament focused. It was points focused, obviously. So um, the, the year has actually panned out quite well for you. And, and I know there's a lot of negatives around it. You know, you've had the mm-hmm. surgery, you know, you've mm-hmm. had open lockdown, we've had tournaments canceled, you mm-hmm. couldn't get home, you've had to quarantine, but it actually yeah. worked out quite well because you've got your training blocks in, etc. Mm-hmm. Now, Shane and I also gave you a bit of a task and that task was, we wanted you to film, you know, a lot of your matches over there because what we do, mm-hmm. obviously, between Shane and I is we collate your data. Um, and now yep. with that data in your matches, we're actually able to plan for 2021. And, and Shane's done a great job um, in dissecting your whole game and being prepared mm-hmm. for, obviously, 2021. So, you know, when you – can you give the, the, the listeners um, a little bit of a, an idea as to how it feels to have a team around you that is able to mm-hmm. – not only support you, but actually give you the information you need from data, from coaching and so forth and, and how that helps your mindset as a player. Well, um, first of all, I think it's a, a very, very different uh, feeling this time around during this, I'd say, this reboot of my career because the first time was with just my dad and so he was the main main person for everything and this time around I've, I feel that, you know, um, I have a much more solid sort of a foundation uh yeah mentally and emotionally as well and it's it feels it really feels like um you're just simply not alone this time and yes I was on the other side of the world and it was very difficult with the time difference that was what I found the hardest because when I'm on pretty much you were going to bed or you are sleeping and stuff so it made that communication quite um difficult but um this this team environment is just um it it really helps you feel like you know someone is behind you someone believes in you and 
you know, you're just not alone because tennis is a very individual sport. And when you step on that court, you are so alone. So, Yeah, you talk about being alone and the messages, and I know, you know, Shane and I, you know, communicate a lot about your game. Um, you know, waking up in the morning and hearing, you know, the loneliness sometimes and the way that you're feeling when you're traveling, mm-hmm. you know, as a coach and as a team, we, you know, we're generally concerned sometimes about, you know, your well-being because it isn't an easy, mm-hmm. easy gig, you know, being on the tour no. and people think it's this luxurious life of, you know, millions of dollars and, you know, lavish mm-hmm. cars and beautiful mm-hmm. places you travel to, but it's never, it's never that rosy. And I feel like having yeah. a team behind you is really critical and, you know, mm-hmm. what, what Shane does and it's, and it's, like Shane and I obviously talk a lot about your game and, and so forth, but having that support around you now, obviously leading into preseason, you know, we've mm-hmm. talked to you a little bit about um, what's coming up, but can you, can you let the listeners in a little bit without giving away too much as to, as to what, you know, we've mm-hmm. been talking about in the last couple of days, week around your game, where it's leading to and, and how we're helping you obviously plan for, for a big preseason into 2021. Um, yeah, so I guess um, coming back from all the, you know, not playing for a while and obviously the injury and stuff, I think the big big part that I found very difficult coming back to play matches and tournaments again is the is pretty much um, the tactical side and the constructing the points and how to win the points because at this stage everyone can hit a good ball, everyone is fit, but what are you doing um, differently that um that you know will set you apart as well so that's probably one of the main thing that we're going to try and work on this preseason and it's something I've, I've never really um worked on ever before so i'm really excited um and uh, you know i've been given a few homework to do just to start being a bit more aware of um, different things that, like especially the tactical side which i've never even um realized before it's crazy, really. Like you've been, I've been playing tennis all my life, but suddenly now it looks different entirely. And now I'm watching tennis matches, and I'm starting to look at different things, which is, which is incredible, really. And uh, yeah, I got to thank you, Mark, and you know, Shane. You guys are really opening up my my eyes. I think in a different way. You know, I didn't think it's possible, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing I want to sort of touch on. Um, Mark and I sort of touch on this a uh, number of times on our show, but. Um, primarily the, the conversation has been between myself and Mark and other than maybe today, mm-hmm. today was perhaps the first day that we talked about match video mm-hmm. and, 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 and yeah. some of the stuff on there. Um, mm-hmm. generally that conversation is between me and Mark and, 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 and yeah. we talk on our show about sort of providing the data firsthand and secondhand. And, and I'm very big on sort of firsthand. It's with the coach goes through the filtration, mm-hmm. the coach adds value and then it gets to the player in, you know, whether yeah. it's drip fed um, at the right mm-hmm. level or it's the right message at the right time. So I uh, might put it to you, Mark, on sort of elaborating on, on I suppose, the, the reasoning behind that. Yeah, so it's interesting because we've, uh, you know, Catherine, you filmed a lot of your matches and, and uploaded them for mm-hmm. Shane, Shane doing the data on them. Um, and every time you ask for them, Shane would text me and go, she's asking for her matches. And I'd say, don't give it to her because she doesn't know what she's looking for. Um, and it's yeah, interesting. Yeah. This week we gave you, um, I gave you an activity to do based on, you know, tactical concepts, the game, the court, how to beat the court before beating the opponent. You know, you watched a few mm-hmm. videos, you did a little bit of homework. And then today mm-hmm. when I said to you, you've got a job to do about watching your own matches now. And you text Shane, you said, Shane, can I have the link to my match? 
Shane texts me and goes, mm-hmm. she wants the link again, Mark. She wants the link again. I said, okay. <laughs> yeah. She's yeah. now ready for the link. Send it to her. Yeah. And he's like, you yeah. sure? I'm like, yep, she's ready yeah. for the link. So, um, yeah. so basically one of the things that is important, I guess, with the, the, the data analyst, the coach and the player is that um, the player only, when you watch a match for the first time, you're generally looking at how you look as opposed to how you play. And mm-hmm. without the coach, filtration and the, the ability for the coach to point out what you're looking for the player is just watching how they look and yeah. now what you've actually been able to do while looking at the tactical side of the game that we've been focusing on this week you're now looking at the concepts as opposed to the way you look and the way that you're playing playing on the court and mm-hmm. it takes away the emotional side and it gives you more of a structural look at the game and Mm-hmm. I think a lot of coaches out there, you know, may forward on videos to the player about their technique or their their game, but the player isn't sure where to look. And the coach has a coach's eye that really can target what areas to look for. So, you know, obviously we've held it back until now, Catherine, but now we've we've given you the privileges of what we've had is that looking mm-hmm. at your matches, looking mm-hmm. at them from a different lens. And obviously, a different, a, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's mm-hmm. a critical component. And, you know, we're moving forward now, and obviously Shane and I have planned a big preseason for you. You really don't know what's mm-hmm. ahead of you just yet. We've given you a bit of an idea, but yeah. um, I think the biggest thing with what we've done, Shane's done a, and this is for our listeners out there, Shane's given me a 12-page analysis of Catherine's game, um, of all the data stats, which corner she plays better from, which shot she has better success with, what patterns of play you have better success with, movement patterns, um, all this sort of stuff. And the one thing that I want people to understand out there is that with that information, I'm sorry, Shane, for all the work you put in, and I'm only going to take three points out of it, is is that you've got to prioritize what are the most important things. And that's the, the, the key component of the data. And from this week onwards, when we start our preseason on Monday, it'll be based upon three key elements, which I'm not going to mention on this show to the the millions of people that listen, Shane, that we've got obviously <laughs> following us around the world or probably the three people, which are probably my wife, your wife, and now Catherine. But you know, I think if we, can, if, we can, if we can literally condense it into like two or three really key priorities, that's all the athlete is, is going to be able to take in and be able to prioritise. You can't prioritise everything and it's important mm-hmm. to go, what's going to help this athlete get better? And Catherine, there's a whole lot of work ahead. There's a whole lot of... Mm-hmm. Uh, pre-season ahead of us i know that you're excited with two days to go in quarantine over in mm-hmm. perth in a luxurious hotel with food being delivered to your door um you must oh feel my god privileged to be in the position you're in we have had eight months of lockdown so you can get stuff right well you're doing it for two weeks um but all, oh, in all, all in all what i mean obviously we've got as hopefully people can understand and, and can feel through through the uh through the speakers of their phone or their car, that we have a great relationship, we have a great team, we trust each other. And, and when it comes down to the crunch, it's about creating a team around your athletes. And Catherine, we hope you feel that. We hope you feel comfortable. Yeah. We hope mm-hmm. you feel ready. Um, preseason's ready upon us. So any last words from you before we leave? Not really, to be honest. I'm just looking forward to preseason and leaving my jail sentence. I know it's just only two weeks, <laughs> but this is some serious um, jail sentence. But no, it's all right. Um, it's just for the better, better cause. Yeah. I think, yeah. No, it's going to be good. Uh, it's going to be good summer of tennis ahead. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. And obviously, um, big preseason. We thank you so much for giving up your time in your luxurious thank hotel. Thank you, guys. With, 
<laughs> Can you stop? Stop with the word <laughs> luxurious. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> thanks for your yeah. time. Uh, obviously, thank you. Being part of our, our final show of 2020, the, the year of COVID, which obviously interrupted tennis. But um, Shane, mm-hmm. uh, thanks so much for, for what you bring or what you've brought to the table. And uh, it's been a, it's been a big year. We've got through hundreds of shows, or probably felt felt like that over <laughs> time. We, we <laughs> look at each other several times over this uh, over the course of COVID. But thanks again for your hard work, your numbers and what you bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Shane. I really appreciate it. No, thanks, Catherine. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, it's been, been a great year. I, I don't think I've uh, put my hand up and thought I'd be a podcaster, but uh, it's a, it's a new, <laughs> new new talent, I suppose, that I uh, learned. And, but, uh, yeah, working with Mark uh, throughout the year has been amazing and, and obviously yeah, mm-hmm. really enjoyed um, uh, the time sort of working and looking at sort of Catherine's game. And I think, uh, yeah, like, like Mark said, great preseason ahead ahead for you so i'm looking forward mm-hmm. to that well thank you very okay. much uh shane thanks Catherine westbury we look forward to a big 2021 with you mm-hmm. that has thank been you. our final episode of crunching the numbers brought to you by the tennis menu and data-driven sports analytics if you head to the tennis menu uh, you can receive an online coach, you can receive all the data that Shane's done. It is absolutely phenomenal. Shane is the the, the best in the business. Um, he's working with a lot of the top players, including Catherine Westbury. Looking forward to a fantastic 2021 with both Shane and Catherine. You can don't forget you. if you go to the First Serve podcast, you can check out in the huddle Aussies only the First Serve with Brett Phillips, as well as crunching the numbers with Shane and myself. Take a look at all of our episodes we've done over the whole year of 2020 we've spent a lot of time in front of this computer on zoom and hopefully you guys can go back and listen to all our previous episodes grab the latest numbers in the game use them for whatever you need to become the best coach player or tennis lover you can thank you so much for listening crunching the numbers we love bringing the data and the coaching side to your doorstep so thank you very much looking forward to it and see you all soon Subscribe to The First Serve via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform to listen at your convenience to all our weekly content, including past editions of Crunching the Numbers, as well as our dedicated commercial radio program each Monday on SEN that you may have missed at 7pm Eastern, Aussies only, and In the Huddle, produced by Study and Play USA. Subscribe to The First Serve, your home of tennis. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.